Hey, I'm Daddy, and this is Daddy as Fuck, a throw-it-all-at-me discussion about poly, kink, DDLG, and BDSM, with an emphasis on power exchange through the eyes of a soft DDLG dynamic. You'll hear stories, opinions, and perspectives as we journey through an alternative way of life, what has worked, what hasn't, and thoughts about how to manage choices on a path less taken. So thanks for joining us today, and let's get going down the bunny hole. Hey, this is Daddy, and welcome to Daddy as Fuck. Today we're going to talk about deconstruction, and I'm not talking about tearing down the house. Ooh, yeah, nope, that, that was bad, Daddy. Cut it out. I'm talking about brick, 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 breaking it down. Okay, equally bad. I see we're going through the 80s and the 90s with our horrible audio puns today. Okay, now that we have that out of the way, we can talk about today's episode. Today we're going to talk about how we can connect with our partner through exploring our experiences. How we can talk about the things that we do together and how they relate to our past, how they relate to our ideas of what we want for our relationship and our future, and also our experience in the present moment. So grab a blanket, pop in those earbuds, get your favorite stuffy, and let's get comfortable because here's Daddy as Fuck, Season 2, Episode 1, Deconstruction. And remember, if you have any questions or comments or ideas for Daddy, you can write Daddy underscore af at comcast.net. I look forward to hearing from you soon. Let's get on down the bunny hole. Deconstruction. What is it? Well, in the most basic sense, it's just talking with your partner. About what? Talking with your partner about what you've experienced together. So deconstruction is a term that baby girl and I coined very early on in our relationship. We both very much delighted in discovering that we are each self-proclaimed communication sluts. I don't know if that's a thing, but we sure as fuck are making it a thing. Because we just delight in communicating. It's not that we... Um, or how we feel being a communication slut. It's not that being a communication slut is someone who just loves to flap their jaws and talk about this and talk about that and oh my God, oh my God, and go, go on and on and repeat and repeat and repeat the same thing about what they experienced. Communication slut to us is somebody who just loves to communicate around what they've experienced using their feelings, their logic, discussing their emotions and where they came from and what they realized from the experience, and listening to the other person do the same thing. So what does it look like? Okay, well, early on in our relationship, we had a scene that you may have heard heard about in some of the podcasts I've done in season one. Baby girl used to send me a daily photo. It's something that I requested early on in our relationship. I just want to see her beautiful eyes and her pretty face and she can be creative and send me just pictures of her working out and maybe it's not her face at all. But, you know, I love to see her face every day. So I, I just said, I would like a daily photo. And well, as 
you would expect would happen over time, right? She forgot the photo. So I did a, um, I did a thing where I got red eye contacts and I, I took on the persona of bad daddy and I really laid into her verbally and physically and emotionally. And at the end of that, and this was early enough in our relationship that I was testing the waters and we were doing a lot of experimentation with role play and, um, you know, just feeling out our edges and our boundaries with our DS and our power exchange dynamic, you know. So, um, you know, I, they say go hard or go home. I went hard on this one. And, and so did she, you know, she gave her all to the experience as well. And afterwards, she, I came out of the bathroom when I took the contacts out and she was crying on the couch, you know, not, not just uncontrollably sobbing, but she was just sitting there really quiet, wrapped up in a little blanket, hugging a pillow and tears streaming down her face. So, of course, I sat down, you know, daddy's here now. I put my arm around her and asked her, you know, so what's, what is going on for you that you're crying right now? You know, of course, in my head, I'm thinking, hey, there was some punishment to our dynamic. It was an opportunity to do a punishment. And I thought it would be a fun, cool experience, a way to express our DS that we would both enjoy, you know? You get the stern side of daddy, you get the soft, oh no, I did something wrong, I'm so sorry, side of baby girl, and you, you punish her with some impact, and, you know, maybe say some stern, harsh words just to express that dominance and have it bounce off of her submission, and, you know, just generate this whole kind of role-play-ish experience around something that actually happened in the relationship, you know, like an, an impetus for maybe what you would call punishment. I guess in my mind, I viewed it as punishment. And I really think that she probably did or wanted to at the onset, but then it triggered something. So she was sitting there crying, with little, little bits of water leaking out of her face. And, you know, daddy's there you know, trailing them down with his finger and picking them up and kissing them away and asking her what is what is what is going on for you that you're crying right now after this experience and she couldn't answer me and I just sat there and I held her and I kept talking to her and encouraging her and letting her know she was safe and she really could not get into what was going on for her at that moment in time and eventually we got to the point where her emotions, her reaction had run its course and there was after a lot of aftercare involved. So she had the, the padding around her to go through that process. And we never really talked about what was going on for her. We talked about what was happening. She said, well, I just I had a very strong reaction to that. I just I didn't expect to have this reaction. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm just feeling these very difficult emotions that I, I, I'm not sure I have to think about it. And I was like, well, okay, I'm here for you. I care very much about you. I, I'm sorry. And she says, oh no, absolutely no reason to apologize. It's just some emotions came up and I need to think about them. And I says, okay. And moments later after the aftercare had had its intended effect, you know, we, um, we came out of it and um, she was fine and we had a wonderful rest of our day together and got into some other impact and rolled around in the hay and had a great time. And um, everything was good and I knew everything was good in the moment. I just knew I couldn't push 
her to talk about it. And this may or may not sound familiar from things that you've experienced. You know, you were pushed in a scene to the point where you had unexpected emotions and um, maybe you couldn't think about them, couldn't talk about them at the time. So deconstruction came a few days later. Couldn't do it in the moment, but we did it a few days later. So what happened was... Um, we, we were going back and forth on the messenger and I said, so, hey, I would like to, I'd like to circle back to um, what was going on for you when, when you were crying because I already expressed that I felt bad that I, you know, I brought you to tears with my idea of punishment, you know, and taking on that persona. And she said, no, I, I mean, I've had some time to think about it. And she said, I enjoyed it. I, ha- I enjoyed the experience. I wasn't too fond of bad daddy. <laughs> he's, he's not my favorite person. I, I definitely wouldn't want to see him coming out of the doorway from the other room any, anytime soon. But um, I realized that you know, that that had triggered for me some things from my past and some experiences that she had had in relationships in her past. So we we had some wonderful conversations about that. We talked about how the experiences she had in the past were connected to the experience that I provided for her so, so I could understand how I was triggering those emotions for her. And she talked about how she experienced them in the present moment and what was washing over her and and how they clung to her afterwards. And we even talked a bit about how it was that she couldn't communicate quite what she was feeling in the moment. And, you know, she needed some space to step back and process and, and understand what it was like for her to experience what she did in that present moment with me so that she could do some deconstructing of her own by thinking about what feelings, what thoughts and feelings she had in that moment she felt triggered and where they might be coming from. Once she defined those, she was able to bring them to me and we were able to talk about that. And then, of course, when I heard how she was feeling and where it came from, that led me to have several questions about the experience that we shared together that day so that I could have a better understanding about our future and what might be the most constructive avenues to pursue our DS. And we then talked about, you know, in the future, how would we handle those situations? And honestly, for us, um, fortunately, I can say four thumbs up. Um, Not that I have four thumbs, but that would actually be really cool, though, because I get a lot of shit done. I'm talking about my thumbs and her thumbs. Um, (laughs) Four thumbs up that we had like really picked apart this experience and it was a net positive for our relationship. It was a it was a good growth opportunity for us. And um, we were able to talk about how that experience relates to what we both want for our future DS encounters. And, you know, we came up with a couple of ideas um, about how to implement those. So that deconstruction of that scene was invaluable to us because it helped us understand what in her past was being brought into the present moment to cause that reaction. And of course, I don't want to focus so much on saying that, oh, I brought her to tears so it was a bad experience. No, it's it's that something from her past was brought into the present moment. And we both had full and present 
focus on that experience that we shared in that moment. But along with that experience came that trigger, right? They're like landmines. You don't know when you're going to find them. You're just going through your relationship motions and you're doing your things together. And all of a sudden, boom, you step on one and it goes off. Or uh, to the contrary, you have, you're going through the motions and boom, you have this amazing experience where one of you has just like this mind-blowing, eye-opening, game-changing realization about yourself and your DS or your, uh, you know, your, your kink that you just are like, oh my God, I never realized X, Y, Z. And my, I mean, this could be a positive, well, I don't want to say positive or negative, but this, this could be a pleasant or an unpleasant set of emotions or realizations, you know? So deconstruction can happen around not just the good things, but the bad things. And I'm just saying the quintessential good and bad because people have a tendency to, to label like emotions as bad. The emotions aren't bad. They don't feel good sometimes, but in the emotions that are good, they do feel good. You know, we have a tendency to say that bad emotions make us feel bad, good emotions make us feel good. I mean, it's just, I guess it keeps things black and white, but... When you sit down and look at things head on, emotions are emotions. And the reason we feel those are different from the reasons that other people might feel those emotions. And when we're, when we're in scenes together and we're two people coming together to create the same shared experience and emotions happen, we want to talk about them. So even though those emotions were triggered in that present experience, I don't want to focus on where it took her afterwards and what it did afterwards, I want to focus on the fact that in that present moment, something happened and something significant happened that we needed to discuss. If, if she just kept it in, then I never would have known the reasons why. Maybe if she didn't even cry, maybe if she was so strong that she just, as a part of her submission, she took that for me and she didn't show me those emotions and she processed it on her own. And I'm, I'm glad she didn't because then I would be deprived the opportunity to be a daddy, right? And to grow together. And that's the whole point. Deconstruction allows us to take what happens in the moment, whether it's this mind-blowing, amazing, like life-altering, relationship-growing opportunity to understand, hey, I just got this great realization about myself and us. Or it's this like scary, like... Uh, hard to understand, hard to unpack, just really uncomfortable feeling of ick. I, ooh, I don't like how that made me feel. And then to find the safe space to come together and unpack that. See, whatever experience you go off to the left and the right, whatever experience you have, it all comes back to the Chewy Center, coming together to talk about it, to understand where those thoughts and feelings, first of all, what those thoughts and feelings are, where they're coming from, how they came up, and then what you're going to do about them. That's deconstruction in a nutshell. Sharing your thoughts and feelings with your partner about your experiences that you have together in your DS, in your daddy little girl explorations, and then sharing the thoughts and feelings that you both have about what that might mean for your future and sharing your thoughts and feelings about how those things might have sprung up from your past. It's getting to know each other better through your shared experiences. It's coming to an understanding of what's behind 
the emotions that we're having, the thoughts that we're having in these moments of shared experience. And why do we do it? Well, we're going to talk about that next. Deconstruction. Why? 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 Why do we do it? Why do we do it? Why do we deconstruct? Well, um, simply put, baby girl and I are communication sluts. It's in our nature. Why do we do it? Because we must do it. It feeds the machine. (laughs) No. Why? Why do we do it? Well, I can speak for baby girl and I, or at least myself, and say that um, I deconstruct because it helps me center myself in the relationship. It helps me to understand that the energy I'm putting into my DS is creating a constructive shared experience that's going to build upon what we have created in the past and fortify our future and keep growing our relationship or at the very very least enhancing it in the present from where we have come, you know, so basically doing a good job as a daddy and, um, you know, being a good dominant, being a good lover, being a good friend, being a good partner, being a good fucking human, right? The reasons to deconstruct, honestly, are many. What it really comes down to is why do you want to deconstruct your scenes? Don't you want to understand the interplay between the two of you as individuals and your dynamics as you understand them? That's why Baby Girl and I deconstruct. That's why I think we all should deconstruct our scenes. Because it gives us a chance to understand not only what we're thinking and feeling in those moments, and where those thoughts and feelings are coming from, and where they could lead our future choices. It also allows us to understand our partners, where those thoughts and feelings that our partners had on the other side of our shared experience are coming from, and what they were feeling in the moment, and where those thoughts and feelings might be leading their choices as you move together in your relationship see what that is right there moving together in your relationship that's something that you can create that's something that we create every moment that we sit down together or message together our thoughts and feelings around the things that we're experiencing deconstructing is absolutely invaluable in reconciling both sides of the relationship and especially when it comes to ds When it comes to DDLG in particular, we find ourselves growing in leaps and bounds. I mean, it's it's fodder for other podcasts for sure, but our DDLG evolves on order of every few weeks. I would say we attain new levels and open up new bunny holes and explore new depths with one another. And the only reason we process that as anything other than a cool experience is by talking about it. And I'll tell you, um, you know, we had, we had a really cool experience just uh, not too long ago. So baby girl and I had um, 
had some interesting experiences over the past several months. There is a very, for us, unique way, and I, and I say unique because it's unique in as much as it relates to our individual sexual pasts. There is a very unique way that um, I have been exploring intimate exchanges with my baby girl, and that that particular exchange is one that's very tender, very soft, very sweet, and is very much rooted in the daddy little girl dynamic. And um, I've seen it bring out, I think I could kind of discovered it a little bit by accident when I was when I was playing around with the the DDLG kind of um, vibe, you know, and I brought it into an intimate setting. And when I did a con when I was 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 um, experimenting with a combination of touch and words, and I saw a reaction kind of happening with her. So I just followed the breadcrumbs, right? As we all do, or, you know, not all do, but those of us who are somewhat experienced in kink in any way know, or DS know, that breadcrumbs are extremely important. And I'm not just talking about the FetLife breadcrumbs where you see a cool post and you tag someone in it for breadcrumbs so everybody can find the trail back to that post. I'm talking about breadcrumbs in, in your relationship, the, the little kernels that happen in the interactions that when you're together, you know, you, you can use them to jump from one lily pad to the other and create, um, you know, this kind of ramping up effect as you move through the bunny hole of your, your experience, your shared experience. You know, I think, you know, the experienced dominance and submissives out there will understand what I'm talking about. You know, it's like the dominant is, is always aware of opportunities to express their dominance. And sometimes the submissives will actually give the dominance openings. You know, I, I, I can, the first thing that comes to mind is brats. You know, brats will be bratty because they're looking for their dominant to use a heavy hand or whatever is appropriate, their desired response for being bratty in their relationship. You know, so... Just as much as dominants are always looking, you know, to maintain control over their submissives in some way or fashion that suits their relationship, the submissive is is always also looking, not always, also looking for ways to please their dominant or or ways to to you know ask for or trigger the dominance that they so deeply crave from their partner. But you know, I think I'm just getting a little bit ahead of myself. My point is is that. In a DS relationship, in a kink, kink exchange, the two people, two individuals are usually highly in tune with one another. So that's, some, that's an aspect where deconstruction can become incredibly useful because in the moment, you will be following the little breadcrumb trail just like I did with Baby Girl when I noticed that she was responding to me a certain way when we were being intimate and I found that the combination of my words and actions was generating a response. Well, we talked about it afterwards and we deconstructed it. And that, that led to us utilizing that exchange again and again. And we watched it evolve. And it has actually driven our DDLG so deep that uh, I feel like we are actually beginning to define and carve out this incredible space that is 
you know, how I am as a daddy and how she is with a little girl together. And it's allowing my daddy side to flourish. And it, and I'm watching her little girl side just absolutely explode in ways that awe me, in ways that are I found are completely adorable, in ways that can set her free. I'm actually finding that I'm able to access her little girl side a lot more readily, even at times when we're not together. And, you know, why is that important? You know, this is this is where deconstruction comes in, because I've come to understand the importance of her little girl side to her in her life, just as she knows the importance of my daddy side in my life. And we can't be DDLG all of the time. You know, we have to go to work. You know, we, we have to visit with parents. We have to deal with responsibilities. We have to, you know, take care of our children, our pets, our loved ones, etc. There is there is a, a, a measure of life that we have to do that we, you know, have to put the DDLG aside so that we can go forth and be an adult. You know, I know it sucks, <laughs> but the juxtaposition is one that, you know, makes the DDLG feel like home and feel safe. We have to go out into the scary world and do big adult things. And then we come back home. And believe me, the same for dominance. You know, I got to go out into the world and do big adult things. You know, don't you think I just want to exert my dominance in, in, in my daily life and just be like, have it work just as well as it does in my relationship? Absolutely. Don't you think that my little girl wants to just like sink into a safe little space in the middle of her day and you know, ward herself, ward off every, ward herself off from everything that's like creating anxiety and stress in her life? Absolutely. But we can't do that. However, we have each other and just like you and your partner do. And through deconstruction, we can come to understand the importance of how we, inter- how, how we relate through our relationship and how that interrelates with ourselves and the rest of our lives. Through deconstruction, we can come to understand what's going on for each of us in our shared experience. And in the example I was giving earlier about baby girl and I, through deconstruction, our DDLG side has blossomed and grown. Now, was it going to anyway? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It was going to blossom and grow. But, you know, I'm talking about the difference between like a, a rose bouquet on the bedroom table and a, and a rose garden out back to dwarf something out of the Elizabethan era. You know, this is some crazy shit we've got going on over here. And I'm, I'm hoping that a lot of folks that are listening are thinking the same things about themselves. And if you're scratching your head, well, maybe hopefully thinking about deconstruction might help you unlock some of those hidden gems that are right underneath your nose that are happening in your relationship right now, but you're maybe for some reason or other, you're not unpacking those thoughts and feelings together. It's a huge benefit to hear yourself. I mean, you can think what you want in your head, but to hear yourself express it to your partner through trust, through love, through understanding, knowing that they, they, you know, you can really open up to them. That's that's huge, right? And then for your partner to receive that from you, that's fucking huge too. And then for you to receive the same back from them, and them to see you receiving that from that, that's fucking huge and fucking huge. We've got like huge. Like to the power of four going on here, just through deconstruction, sharing, being open, expressing that trust muscle, expressing that vulnerability muscle with your partner. 
and doing it together and then watching each other do it for one another. That's why we deconstruct. And you might be asking yourself, well, I know what deconstruction is now, or at least I know what you're telling me, and I know why you're saying it's important, but um, when do you do it? Hmm, good question, Daddy. Let's get down to it. So when is the best time to deconstruct? I'm betting a lot of people will probably think right away. Do it immediately. What are you waiting for? I want all the goodness now. Um, Unfortunately, you would have to be an exceptional human being to have the ability to process such that you could deconstruct immediately. I mean, it takes, sometimes it takes me days for those little demons to creep in from the outer edges and let all of the insecurities and fears kind of melt in and put those voices in your head about all of those other things that might have been going on. All of those like so-called nefarious ways that your partner is probably reacting in the moment. And, you know, that's that's normal shit. You know, it's okay. It's like I said, emotions, they're not good, they're bad. They're signposts. And although they might not feel pleasant or they might feel they might feel pleasant or they might feel unpleasant, guess it depends on the emotions and your interpretation of them. They're not good or bad, as in good or evil. You know, they all serve a purpose, whether you're feeling fearful or insecure or warm, safe and snuggly and loved. Those are all just feelings that tell you, hey, I like this. I want to keep doing it. I want to do more of it. And hey, I don't like this. I want to kind of figure out why this is happening and where it's coming from so that I can make sure I deal with it so I can get more of that other stuff that I want to be doing. (laughs) You know, it's like no one loves going to the dentist. Well, some people might. For the most part, most people don't love going to the dentist because, but you do it because you have to, you know, if it's pain you have to go through, having your gums poked at and prodded until they're bleeding, it's good because you'll get to use your teeth for the next year, probably be pretty healthy. So, you know, those quote unquote bad emotions are useful and um, they help us get more of the ones we like. And that all kind of happens through a lot of different ways, right? But deconstruction is one of them. And... So if you're going to destruct, deconstruct right away, and if that's something you like to do, I'd like to offer you the, uh, I'd like to extend to you the offer of also um, an invitation to also deconstruct again a few days later and see what sounds different. And if you find yourself the person that's deconstructing perfectly in a way that makes your relationship like hum immediately, uh, wow, that's fucking awesome. And there's nothing wrong with you at all for that. And there's nothing wrong if it takes you a few days and there's nothing wrong if it takes you a week, you know, and there's nothing wrong if you think everything's just great and a month later something comes up. You know, there is nothing wrong with you. The point is, is that you're supposed to be communicating with your partners. That's the point of deconstruction, communicating with your partners. Hey, partner A, hey, I feel this partner B, partner B, really partner A, well, I hear you, man, and, and this, is, this is what I hear that you're saying and about how you feel. Partner A says, yeah, you got it. And partner B says, well, this is how I feel about that, too. And partner A says, well, 
wow, I hear you, and this is this is what I hear that you're feeling. Is that right? Partner B says, well, it's a little bit more like this. And partner A says, okay, so you're saying it's more like this? And partner B says, yes, exactly. Now we understand each other. So what are we going to do with it together? Well, I think this, partner A says. Partner B says, I like that idea. Let's try it. And off you go. You've now deconstructed something and made a choice for your relationship based on the thoughts and feelings you had about a mutual exchange. You've talked about it. You've understood each other. You've shared each other's point of view. You've chosen a a reference point to make a choice and take action in your relationship in the future. And then you can deconstruct again. And guess what? If if something comes up for you a week later and you're like, hey, remember that thing I told you? Well, I kind of kind of got feeling weird about it because it reminds me of the time that I had this happen to me and I'm not sure quite what to do with it. Oh, tell me about that. How's that feel? Uh, well, it kind of makes me feel this way and I don't want to stop doing the thing that we were doing that made me feel this way, but I, I kind of want to find a way through that. Okay, well, let's try to understand where that's coming from. Let's unpack it. Let's deconstruct. When do you do it? You do it whenever the fuck you need to do it. And for me, I like to deconstruct in the moment a little bit. Like I like to walk away from the situation feeling like I'm still on a cloud, feeling like I I was a good boy. That's a thing for me. I want to feel like I was a good boy. I was a good daddy. I was a good partner. I was a good friend. I was a good lover. I was I was a good dominant, you know? I'm just a good fucking human being. I want to feel like I'm a good fucking human being, but I don't want my fucking partner to sugarcoat it. I don't want my partner walking away th- saying, "Yeah, you're a great daddy. You're a great dom. You're a great friend. You're a great lover. You're a great human being." And <laughs> I don't really understand what happened to me today, but I'm I'm just going to say this because I don't know what else to say and then 3 days later say I had a fucking horrible time. Oh, and by the way, for the past week, I've just been like stewing about this thing. Just want to make a point of clarification here. That has never happened in my relationship with baby girl. But as you can tell from the tone of my voice that I'm carrying it forward from other relationships that I've had in the past. (laughs) Yes, I've had partners that have come back like a week or a month later and hit me over the head with the what the fuck stick. And I'm like, well, what the fuck right back at you? Because it's been a month of me sitting here feeling like everything's just fucking fine in our relationship. And now all of a sudden you're telling me that thing I did three weeks ago pissed you off? Jesus Christ. You know, what about all the intimate exchanges that we've had between now and then? Were all those lies too? So look, people, I'm telling you right now, deconstruction, it's the thing. Because if you're not deconstructing, it's going to create opportunities for you to create, it's going to create opportunities for resentment to build in your relationship. You know, if you're not talking about your thoughts and feelings and your your emotions and the things that you're having that are happening between you, if you're not talking about those on a regular basis and you come back at your partner like a couple of weeks later, it's going to risk devalidating everything that that partner has, has experienced with you in, the, in, in whatever length of time that you've waited to talk to them about it. Now, I'm not saying you can't come through that and say, hey, look, I was really scared and I didn't know what the fuck I was thinking and feeling and this has no like bearing on our relationship as far as like you did anything wrong. No, I'm just saying I, I couldn't wrap my fucking head around it and now I finally understood it. That's great. I've got plenty of room for that, but I don't have any room for somebody who just like sits on emotions that they know are not good, that they know they're feeling bad, and they just sit on them and wait three weeks and then come back and hammer you with them and say, hey, by the way, here's all that shit that I should have told you like a long time ago, because it's just what that did for me is it devalidated all my experience of that, that prior two, three weeks or whatever that I thought everything was great. 
and it made it eroded the trust in my relationship with that person. Deconstruction provides us an opportunity to build trust. The sooner you can do it that is healthy and constructive for you, the better. That's when you deconstruct. You deconstruct as soon as each partner is prepared to discuss the topic in a way that's going to be constructive. And if it's not going to be constructive, then it's up to you each to say, hey, I need some time with this and this is why and this is what I'm having a difficult time processing right now. And if you do that, you're giving your, you're giving your partner the opportunity to give you permission for that space and that builds trust because now you're creating an agreement. You're like, okay, you know, if my partner had come to me and said, you know, I'm not really happy with what happened, uh, you know, that last weekend when, when we were over with your parents and our friends, I, I, I'm not really happy about something, but I'm not quite sure what it is. Can we talk about it? Sure, let's talk about it. Well, we've talked about it and now... I really don't quite know what's gnawing at me, but I love you and I'm here for you and I support you and, and, I, and, and I'm not going anywhere, but I'm having a hard time with this and let's just keep talking about it. I could have lived in that universe, but to act like everything's fine and keep that to yourself, you're not doing anyone any service. In a DS relationship, in a DDLG relationship, your daddy, your baby girl deserves to know what's going on for you. Because you each need to feel safe. You each need to be able to feel vulnerable. You each need to be able to feel loved and supported in your relationship. You have to talk about the feelings and emotions when you, when you have them. So if you have something that you don't quite understand that you're wrestling with, say, hey, I have something I don't quite understand that I'm wrestling with. And they're going to ask a lot of questions about it. And you're going to say, well, I don't really know that I can answer those right now, but I can, I can definitely tell you that what I'm wrestling with and, and, and maybe take a stab at why and promise you that I'm going to think about it and we're going to talk about it again and I'm not just going to hide it under the carpet and I'm going to hold you and hug you and love you and let you know that, you know, you didn't do anything wrong and that this is my shit and I own it. But deconstruct it when you're feeling it, whatever it is, when is it the appropriate time? It's appropriate when you're feeling something that needs to be shared. You might not be able to see it all the way through, but you can definitely talk about the fact that it exists in your relationship. Otherwise, you're in one place, your partner's in another, and you're both going to be making those subtle little relationship choices from two different perspectives. You have to be able to trust one another, especially in DDLG. It's too tender and too close and too intimate a relationship to hold back. So when is it appropriate to deconstruct? As soon as you're able to process the emotions you're having enough to know that there's something to discuss. And this could be a breakthrough that's fucking fantastic and mind-blowing and awesome and feels really good or it could be something terrible and horrible and scary and insecure and you just feel like miserable for even feeling this way because now you're going to have to go to your daddy or you're going to have to go to your baby girl and you're going to just be like nobody likes to be that way you know no one likes to feel those things but it's not bad it's unpleasant but it's not it's not bad it's an opportunity baby girl and I have had a ton of shit ton of things come out of our relationship that have propelled us to new levels because 
We opened our mouths when we felt like, oh, I really don't want to share this right now, but I have to because I've been spending all day thinking about it. And if I don't share it, it's just going to get fucking worse. And then I'm going to start reacting to her in ways that aren't normal for our relationship. And that's going to subtly impact her and she's going to feel weird things and just just get it out there. So that's the win. So now let's talk about the where. So where do we deconstruct? Well, we could do it on a mouse. We could do it on a house. We could do it on a couch. We could do it in a pouch. We could do it anywhere Dr. Seuss isn't involved. So daddy cut the shit. So where do we deconstruct? Well, ideally, right, we do it in person. Face to face, eye to eye, holding hands. You know, wrapped up in a blanket on a couch with our stuffies and our our leggings and our onesies and just, you know, furthering the intimacy by extending that tender moment from our scene right into aftercare, right into deconstruction. However, as I mentioned earlier, it doesn't always work that way. It depends on where you are in your relationship. I mean, if, you're, if you've been going at it for a few years and you've been deconstructing and that's a thing that you do or, you know, something along the lines of what I'm talking about, um, maybe deconstruction by another name, smells just as sweet, right? Um, then you can probably roll from aftercare right into deconstruction and then maybe go on your merry ways and a few days later have some realizations and come back around to it and have another conversation about it. I mean, that's fucking awesome. And quite honestly, it's been, um, it's going to be a year pretty soon that it's been baby girl and I have been exploring our bunny hole together and we're, we're getting pretty damn close to the point where we can deconstruct um, in the moment, but we always, I think we pretty much are starting to nail things on the head as far as, as, as the big stuff and in the moment or close to it. And then, um, then we, we deconstruct the finer points around that, um, around the experience over the next few days. We tend to see each other once a week. So, um, I would say on average deconstruction happens for us within 24 to 48 hours. You know, and more recently, we're getting like an immediate deconstruction, at least positing a couple of topics around the experience and putting a pin in it and then um, having our own separate thoughts and coming back, you know, within the next usually like maybe that night or the next morning and having some deeper conversations that maybe we'll push off to the future and, and circle back around to when we're together. I'm actually finding that. um uh, let me let me just let me go back a bit. So to the when, because, you know, you can do it in person. Yes, you can. You can definitely do it in person. And if you can't do it in person in the moment, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, sometimes it takes time and space and perspective, even if you live together, even if you've discovered power exchange and DDLG after being married for 10 or 15 years or whatever. Good for fucking you. I've known people who've done it. And good for fucking you. Talk about a new lease on a relationship, right? That's just actually like, wow, that's unfucking believable. Um, but I've seen it happen. So, you know, even if you've been married 10 or 15 years and you live together, and um, you know, you might, you, you might need that like space to deconstruct. You can't do it in the moment. It's okay. There's no right or wrong way, folks. You know, there's no right or wrong way. There's, there's just, just do it, you know, just, just do it. 
doesn't matter how you get it done. So you could do it in the moment. Most likely, though, um, most like, sorry, I had two thoughts combining there. Most, most likely, most likely, though, you're going to need a little time and space to let the subtle nuances marinate. Even if you can pinpoint the topic immediately, you're going to need some time and space to kind of think about it and see what else creeps in for you. Um, so, you know, where to do it, do it when you're together. That's great if you can do that. Um, however, it's not a bad idea to deconstruct through conversation later on, through messaging, through email, through phone calls. Um, you know, I'm sure, I'm hoping that you, you keep in contact with your partner between the times that you spend together and the ways that you keep in contact even if you live together, you might talk to each other through the day and it might make a nice um, intimate point of contact um, through your day. Uh, or if you don't live together, then over the distance to kind of create closeness while you're apart to talk about it um, on the phone. So you can talk about it on the phone. That's another where you can talk about it in Messenger back and forth or through text message back and forth. You can talk about it in email. You know, baby girl and I deconstructed a lot through um, writing. We're both, you know, enjoy writing very much, communication sluts. So we did a lot of writing about our experiences and not necessarily fantasy, but we would basically, um, you know, write about our DS exchange and we would tell the story, you know, from from either a third, modified third or first po- person point of view. Um, we would tell our story of our experience and that was a form of deconstruction. And then we would talk about it afterwards and it would lead us to deconstruct. And I think that was very helpful for us because in the beginning, it was very difficult for us to deconstruct in the moment because, you know, I, I could definitely jump to it and, and like vomit out a shit ton of thoughts, but I needed like a few days to have let other ones come up and really get to the significant kernel of the deconstruction. So in the beginning, the where for me was a little bit in person and then a follow up afterwards over the next few days. And in the beginning, the where for her was after a few days, she had a very difficult time, um, you know, getting those thoughts out in the moment. And, um, you know, honestly, any thoughts I gave in the moment were probably just cursory and maybe just scratching the surface. So I'm glad in, in my case, I'm glad in my relationship that it took her a few days in the beginning to start processing and come back to me because it gave, it gave me pause. It actually, uh, required me to like, say to put a pen in my thoughts and feelings on it and say yeah I'm I've I've got a lot of thoughts and ideas too but I'm going to sit on mine and we'll deconstruct this later you know and we made that conscious choice together and it was great because that's what you do right deconstruction you deconstruct together you decide the terms of your deconstruction together you know what I'm saying is don't hold it in you know so the where doesn't have to be in person the where can be you know through whatever media you appreciate is phone call text emails through stories just do it directly don't do it through third parties if you're going to do it through a story then share it with your partner before you share it with the world and then 
deconstruct that story together. You know, that that was actually really helpful for a baby girl and I, as I would write the story and she would write the story. And then we would both talk about that story and talk about the thoughts and feelings that we had about that story, which was about our actual experience. And that would lead to us talking about our actual experience. And it's not like we were playing head games with each other and trying to like trick ourselves into deconstructing. It's that, that as communication sluts and writers, we, that's the media that we, that's the outlet that we our emotions felt the most comfortable, like gushing out through, you know, it's like, I'm going to tell this story and boom. And to this day, baby girl still goes back and, and reads the origin story, the, the story of the night that we first met. Actually, it's been, it's been almost a year now. And just last weekend, she was missing me. And she uh, said that I just read the story and she sent it to me and I was at work and I took some time and read it on lunch. And then I read more of it later again that night. And I was just like, oh my God, just totally sinking into our dynamic, even though we're like, um, you know, miles apart. So deconstruction is incredibly valuable, but where you do it is going to depend on your, what, what your level of intimacy, um, your relationship can, um, can support around deconstruction. And again, there's nothing wrong with your level of intimacy if you need to take like a week to process. I mean, it's, it's your thoughts and feelings. It's your emotions. It's echoing and bouncing off your past. You have every right in the world to take the time that you need to find the safe space inside yourself to make sense of it so that you can articulate it to your partner in a way that's going to be constructive for your relationship and the same for them. Please don't make your partner wrong for not being able to articulate what they're thinking and feeling at the on the same timeline that you can. Be supportive and be understanding and know that just because it might take your partner a week to make sense of what they're thinking and feeling and you can do it in the moment doesn't mean that they don't love you as much or they're not connected as much or that they don't feel as safe as you do in the relationship. Please, please, I offer you the um, invitation to to just I, I invite you to except that your partner has a different time horizon on when they are able to process their emotions than you do. And that that's okay. And I invite you to support your partner um, in, in the time horizon that works best for them because the end is the outcome, right? Deconstruction is the outcome. When you end up deconstructing, it doesn't really matter. The, the where doesn't really matter. The how kind of matters. You want to do it with love. You want to do it with support. And the fact that you're doing it definitely matters. So whatever works for you and your relationship, whether it's in person, in the moment, eye to eye, face to face, hand to hand, or whether it's over the phone or a text message or emails, or maybe even through creative writing, it doesn't matter where you do it. It only matters that you do. So we've talked about what is deconstruction, how do you do it, when do you do it, where do you do it, and through all of those perspectives, we've gotten a flavor of the benefits of deconstruction, but I'd like to highlight the benefits of deconstruction just at the tail end of this podcast to wrap things up. I think 
The benefits of deconstruction, at least as they've been made apparent to me in my relationship experience with baby girl um, and any other relationships that I've deconstructed in, whether it was in a healthy, beneficial format or not, is up for debate. Um, but I, I certainly feel like the relationship that I'm in now is probably one of the most, most healthy and constructive relationship formats I've experienced in my life, which allows me to cherish and value this relationship intensely, which drives me to communicate at every possible moment with my baby girl how much I appreciate and value our relationship, which is just another form of deconstruction. It's not a deconstruction of a scene. It's a deconstruction of how I feel about our relationship. I think that's incredibly valuable too. So I'm going to put a little footnote here and mention that you know, the benefits of deconstruction are that they bring you closer to your partner. Period. End of story. They bring you closer to your partner. They allow for a more intimate shared experience, one that's more truly shared because the more you deconstruct, you understand your partner's point of view. They understand your point of view. They can kind of assume um, or have, have a handle on what you might be thinking or feeling at the same time that they're having their own thoughts and feelings and that will help drive their choices to if you know if they're loving and supportive to to make choices in your relationship that are going to create for you more experiences that you're going to that are going to deepen your your intimacy your sense of security you know your vulnerability your love it's going to they're, they're going to want to make choices that encourage you to be open and to share and to be vulnerable, and that's going to create more connection, greater connection, more val- uh, valuable and cherished connection in your relationship. Um, you know, it seems to me like every two or three weeks, baby girl and I have been evolving. And I say evolving, it's not like we're going through the gamut of different kinks and we've evolved from impact from, you know, crops to canes, you know, not that t- we've already been through that. Um, not, not to say that you have to go through that to get anywhere, you know, we still use crops and canes from time to time. But when I say evolve, I mean, it seems like every few weeks, our level of intimacy is evolving. And what's really evolving is our understanding of one another. Like, where are you in this relationship today? Where am I in this relationship today? And just surfing on all of the different perspectives as they shift through time and space through our experience of what we're doing together and what we're creating. And, you know, you often hear, um, you know, relationships ended because people grew apart. Well, okay, you you may have grown apart, but you stopped like creating opportunities to grow together. And sometimes no matter how much you try to create opportunities to grow together, it's just like, you know, you're both, one of you is pointed northwest, the other one is pointed northeast, and, and, you, and you can both, like, create a moment where you're pointed, each pointed north, and it feels really good, but eventually you're just going to start drifting back to northwest and northeast, and your paths are headed in two different directions, and it's going to get probably pretty painful over time if one of you starts turning west and the other starts turning east and you're even getting more and more further apart. You know, sometimes you just grow apart. You know, sometimes my path is east (laughs) and I just happen to be blessed at this point that, um, 
My path with baby girls is exactly at 321.2 degrees and hers is like 321.2 degrees and we both love 321.2 degrees and that's where we're headed and we make our choices to make sure we stay on that heading. Why? Because that's where we both each as individuals want to go. (laughs) Sometimes I find it really hard to believe that after we deconstruct things, we're both on such the same page and I just shake my head and go, what the actual fuck? I can't believe we're actually both on the same page. We're both actually headed in the same direction. And then my fears and insecurities crop up and they're like, when is this going to change? You know, it's like, well, it's going to change when it changes. And you know what? We're both going to know. Why? Because we deconstruct our relationship at every opportunity that we get that has value and has meaning for our, um, you know, experience of what's going on between the two of us and in, in, in our lives as individuals and apart. And I mean, sometimes I want to deconstruct and she's going through like a shit ton of stuff at work, you know, and she takes the time to stop and give me what I need. And, you know, sometimes she's like going through something really hard and, you know, and I'm like running headlong into my weekend with all sorts of, um, you know, meetings and people I got to see in places I got to go and things I have, you know, that I've made commitments to do. And, you know, she might be running headlong into something. So I, I make sure I make the time to, to be there for her, her and support her. But 95% of the time we're on the same page headed to 321.2 degrees. But what creates that opportunity for being in alignment and staying in alignment is deconstruction. You know, the benefit of deconstruction is renewing our sense of shared experience of our relationship with the other person who we are in that relationship with. Plain and simple. Deconstruction is, is, is it's the compass needle. It, it allows you to know where your head's at where your partner's head's at and it allows you to know your partner to know where your head's at and then you can make choices together to get to the place that you're both saying you want to go and it allows you the opportunity to make some choices if you find that you're both not headed towards exactly the same place or maybe one of you fears that you're not headed towards the same place even though it feels that way you have fears around it you know this comes this has come up for me a lot um, in the in our DDLG relationship with baby girl that I have fears and insecurities I have abandonment issues you know so every once in a while I have to say hey you know I'm really sorry to do this to you but I I, I gotta share these like demons uh, and what they're saying to me and 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 I feel really embarrassed and, and insecure and I want to be a big strong daddy for you but I gotta tell you this is how I'm thinking and feeling and you know and she'll be, you know, she'll come back and say something like, you know, what, what makes you the person who's right for me is the fact that you are willing to share those fears and insecurities, insecurities, you know, and, and that's what's right for us. I mean, that doesn't mean your relationship has to look that way. You know, you may not want to talk about those things and you might be have a partner who, you know, wants to approach those things a different. Well, let's say you might not want to talk about those things. You should always talk about those things. The more you can talk and deconstruct, the better. But. What I'm saying is you might have other ways of handling it, you know, with your partner. You may, you may, you may just choose together to work it out through DS. You may choose to work it out through kink. Either way, it doesn't matter how you work it out. If it's not through, if it's not through conversation, it's through some form of deconstruction. 
and then have conversation about what you think and feel about what it is that you're going through. You, you, you have to have the conversation at some point. You don't necessarily have to bring those fears and insecurities to play as a conversation. You know, you can, you can say, hey, I got some demons to work out. I really need to beat you tonight. Like, I really need to leave some marks on you. I need to see them grow. I need to see them manifest. And I, I just, I need, to, I need to see that I got this out of me painted on your flesh and you might be the person who's like I need you to use me I need you to take your frustrations out on me I want to be your vessel I want to be the one who takes all your hurt and I want it displayed on my skin as a masterpiece of your self-expression that might be your connection but you also once you get it out you have to talk about it you have to talk about your shared experience your partner needs to know what you're painting on their skin you need to know what you're painting on their skin and why in that example so deconstruction is incredibly valuable benefits are is that benefit is that it allows you to both stay connected to the heart of your relationship to know what each other is thinking and feeling, and to be able to make choices for your shared future together. It allows you to make choices to create shared experiences that are going to deepen your experience of one another so that when you come back and deconstruct again, you can say, hey, wow, you know, look how much that deepened our experience of one another, or here's how we could deepen our experience with one another as things have been flow and shift and mature and you know change in your in your relationship whatever form or context that may take so deconstruction it's not just for the bold that's it for daddy as fuck and remember comments suggestions or ideas you can email me at daddy underscore af at comcast.net love to hear from you and That's it for now. Thanks for joining me down the bunny hole.